Welcome to Digitalization Tech Talks, the podcast where we're focusing on topics related to digital technologies in the process industries. Our intent is to present you with information that'll help keep you up to speed with the latest technologies that are soon coming, or in some cases have already reached the market. An example of this is generative AI and tools such as ChatGPT. These technologies are beginning to find their way to the plant floor and can contribute to key areas of interest, such as more efficient operations, improved uptime, and less waste. Today, we're going to look ahead to the future, and specifically the future of industrial operations. Speaking of operations, I'd like to welcome my co-host, who helps run this operation, Jonas Narinder. Hello, Jonas. How are you today, and are you ready for another peek into what might be coming in the area of operations? Hello, Don. I'm doing very well, thank you. Yes, I would say, as always, I'm very excited about this episode. This one in particular piqued my interest since we'll be talking about a lot of exciting topics related to how plants in the process industries will change in the near, but also in the distant future. Now, this involves touching on the potential impact it'll have on how work is done, also who is actually going to do it, and when it can be done. And that has always been one of my favorite topics in conversations that I've had with people and companies. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that. And since sustainability is also an area of increased importance for many industrial companies, I think we'll touch on that as well. So a lot of good stuff on today's episode. I agree. It's a great set of topics that we're going to cover today. Well, why don't we go ahead and get right into it? It's time to introduce our guest. Matthias Opelt is Vice President for Customer-Driven Innovation at Siemens Digital Industries. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show, Matthias. Thanks for having me, Don and Jonas. Looking forward to talk to you. To get started, can you tell us a little bit more about your role? Sure, yeah, that uh, title sounds a little bit interesting, maybe. And even more philosophically, if I'm introducing what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, I would say my role is to take care that the dreams of our customers in particular become true in future. So what does it mean a little bit more specifically? I look how the future of industrial operations might look like and how does it match with our existing and our future portfolio. And if there are gaps, we take care of that they will be closed and the dreams become true. Well, that sounds great. We're definitely excited to hear all about the future. But before we look ahead, let's start with some understanding of the current challenges. Matthias, from your perspective, what are the key challenges facing the process industries? So that's a good question. And usually I start with that. So I have a lot of conversations with people from industry, running operations, industrial operations, and going into conversations saying, okay, what's on your radar screen? Uh, thinking about trends, disruptions, game changers. And certainly you could say, and Jonas also said, sustainability, things like climate change are on everybody's radar. Also things like globalization, more recently moving into localization, so producing where it's used. But also the concern of where do I actually get the people, the talent uh, from, and, and where is it? Where are the pockets of excellence that I can run my operations of future? And more recently, I also experienced things that people are more concerned about, reducing energy costs overall, or new work um, aspects and operations and productions. And another dimension or magnitude of what is in itself a challenge is the speed of how these changes are happening currently in industry and in private life. So we could also talk about that, but this is another episode. And even being prepared for all that climate change, localization, war on talent and so on, 
we have learned the hard way in the past years that out of a sudden things like a virus like corona or war shook up complete value chains so we can basically not be prepared for everything and this is a major challenge in bottom line to be prepared for the unexpected for the things you cannot prepare to be able to be adapt fast at scale so adaptability and speed is really what it all comes down to at the end yeah, and those are some challenging things to achieve, I think. But it sounds like it's almost like a combination of old issues, if you will, quote unquote, old issues and challenges combined with new ones that are maybe primarily driven by industry or environmental concerns, process optimization, and a whole lot more, it sounds like. Now, that makes me a little bit curious about how companies are looking to address some of these challenges. Do you see any patterns amongst the companies that you've talked to in that regard? Yeah, first, Jonas, it's an excellent observation, and it's, it's exactly as that. So there are all changes or mega trends we have seen since years, decades. And the common thread or the common pattern at the end is that change was always there and will always be there. What is in, in particular some kind of a pattern among companies talking about these challenges? There is a recognition that most of the challenges like climate change, localization, and things like that, they can only be solved together. So no single person, no single company, no single country will be able to master that alone. And this is a recognition which changes significantly the solution space or the answering space and how do are we going to address these challenges. And another um, more technology-related pattern I recognized is that IT, so the classical IT domain and the operations technology, the OT domain, are coming and growing closer and closer together. There have been strong walls or fences in, in the past, but they are coming down significantly at a tremendous speed because we want to benefit from what both sides have been created over the past years and really make bring it into the more prosperous long-term promise in the future and growing things together to really answer their challenges. That definitely makes a lot of sense, Matthias. In our podcast series, we often talk about digital technologies as a solution for companies in the process industries to utilize to address the issues that they might be having. Often what's found though, is that implementing such technologies are difficult more so than envisioned. And what is it that makes completing or, or maybe even embarking on a transformational journey so difficult? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And first of all, most of these challenges and what I have had to, um, addressed in the beginning, it's about speed and adaptability. In short, what you also included in your question is just transform yourself, call it digital transformation, and it's done. And it's not so easy. So and there are many different reasons why it's not so easy, because it's, first of all, it's also a lot about people. So it's too high expectations on that technology alone will do the trick. It's very heterogeneous and complex system structured. There's lack of knowledge maybe lack of organizational systems to be ready to go to that next step. And the world is really, really colorful. Every company looks somehow different, is at a different state, even though they want to collaborate even further to solve these challenges. 
they are on a different island and pockets of excellence, so to say. So it's not easy. So what works for me, not necessarily works for, for you, but we need to go into that spirit of learning from each other. So summarizing what makes it hard, it's starting with people. It's about mindset. It's about education and things like that, um, organizational boundaries and technology readiness. Sounds to me that it's just as much people as it is technology. And and I completely agree with that because in the conversations that I've been having with companies, one of the favorite topics of mine was also talking about people because they're such an inherent part of making any dream come true. But the, the question that I have is related to the people, whether there's actually going to be people in operations of tomorrow. I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are maybe wondering about how that's going to unfold. What's your take on that, Matthias? Yeah, and this is something I discuss in particular. You could say the dream in future of industrial operations company is pitch black. You don't need light because you don't have people in operations anymore. So fully automated uh, dark factories. And that's the case in some industries. So in some industries and operations, you have only a very, very few number of people in such a dark factories and not for the usual day-to-day operations. Examples like food and beverage. So you don't care much about your bakery products being completely individualized. So they should run 24-7 and just being produced at the same quality. But there's also opposite scenarios. And I've spoken to people who said, Oh, Matisse, I guess maybe in future we might have even more people on the shop floor in our operations than we have today. So that really surprised me. And there's some correlation with as a degree of individualization and flexibility required in that future of industrial operations scenarios. I highly demand also to get in people because people are an inherent factor to to answer these flexibility challenge thrown at them. Well, it's good to understand that people will still be vital to operating plants in the future. I know that definitely is a concern, but it's also exciting that there will be some potentially new and, and, and different roles. When we think in terms of completing a digital transformation, what are some methods that companies are, are using to successfully do so? I think the basis for a digital transformation is that it needs to happen on some kind of an open digital business platform. So it sounds maybe a little abstract, but these open digital business platforms, they need to enable digital transformation to happen at ease, to happen fast and to happen at scale. And therefore, for sure, you need some kind of a portfolio which comes in, which offers some kind of functionality like control, like device management and things like that. And these portfolio enabling fast open digital businesses needs to live up to certain rules. And that rules are again open. It needs to be open. It needs to be interchangeable. It needs to be very flexible, interoperable. Just imagine Lego bricks. So a portfolio as easy as combinable as Lego bricks to build up whatever your castle, your house or whatever you like to build. Because one thing I can just tell you, each dream on operations of the future looks different and you want to create that based on the portfolio which is there and which needs to be there in future. 
So and then these problems being thrown at us, they are not solved alone. So you rather solve them in in collaboration. Nowadays, you could call it also some kind of an ecosystem. So you come together and saying, I have unique things to offer. You have unique things to offer. Let's put it together because together we are better than any one of us alone. And if everybody brings unique opportunities somewhere, so we have learned that since the Middle Age, it might be good to have some kind of a marketplace where everybody could show his skills and uh, um, opportunities and that people can just pick what whatever works best for them to make their solution work. And then to, to summarize, on, we're talking a lot about digital transformation and digital business. For me, the inheritant basis for digital business is actually data. And data needs to flow because if data flows vertically, so from the shop floor to the shop floor, horizontally across my value chain and even across the value network and just imagine the fourth dimension, the virtual world, which you could also connect if data also flows between the virtual and the real world. So a fourth dimensional flow of data, if that's being enabled seamlessly and at ease, then digital business could prosperously grow on, on that uh, basis and digital transformation could finally happen at ease and scale. I think that sounds very interesting. The whole concept sounds very innovative. That gets me a little curious, though, because in all your talks with companies about the future of industrial operations, what are some of the most progressive things that you have heard? Maybe something that's based on what you just talked about or something completely different. I'm really curious to hear what, what, what customers have or companies have told you about that. Yeah, thanks for that question. And I could really elaborate on a lot of stories, but maybe I, I just pick up one, Jonas, you mentioned sustainability in your introduction. And I want to pick on that. It was really unexpected for me to hear from more than one company that they told me that in job, if they interviewing new people to hire them, they are being interviewed by that talent of today and tomorrow and saying, hey, dear company, tell me what's your sustainability strategy? So how do we respond to that requirement that you need to become carbon neutral and so on? So do you just buy a little bit of certificates and do a little bit of greenwashing here and there, or do you really have some serious sustainability strategy in place? So, and, and this is what people, young people, young talent is actually very curious about. So they also pick on purpose an employer they won't really want to work for, which is in line with their values. And they, they raise that questions. So sustainability is from a regulatory perspective and from a society perspective, really turning something into a, a right to operate. And maybe from sustainability, some technology idea, which was also quite, of, uh, quite interesting to hear, which was about a factory in a box. So nowadays, if we think about, okay, if I want to see a factory, I have to go somewhere and visit a factory and, and look at that. Maybe in future factories come to us. They are as small as a box or a container or whatsoever, have a very small footprint, very close proximity to where actually the uses of the produced goods are going to happen. That has a significant impact on how these 
operations concept are being implemented. And just think about so small factories, small breweries, how that can look like, how how could they pop up in your in your neighborhood? So that's certainly something worthwhile to thinking if that's that's of interest. And it really depends at the end also on the use case. And certainly there's a lot of discussion. You had it also in the introduction. AI trends, chat GPT, are there things happening like speech to code and I programming my automation system in, in, in future just by speech and saying, okay, doing that, that task and it will happen with magic. It's more like people think about that a lot because coming back to my introduction about the biggest challenges, it's a lot about speed, adaptability and to indicate the speed, so for the telephone, it took 70 years, seven zero years to reach 50 million users. And it took basically less than a month for ChatGBT to reach 100 million users. So in 70 years, we were quite solid in figuring out the impact of that technology, like a telephone on our all personal and uh, business life. But in less than a month, it's it's hard to guess what the impact of such new technology will be. And the speed of change is really turning for an acceleration. And we need to figure out our own response. So that's the search we are going and, and we are on a journey altogether. Yeah, that's some, some pretty amazing numbers, especially the, the chat GPT example. I, I can't believe that it took them that little time to get that many users. Impressive. And we'll see yeah, what it's going to be. for your podcast. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I love that. We got to figure out a way to make that work for sure. <laughs> Matthias, I really appreciate the examples and the insights that you provided us with in terms of challenges and how companies are starting to or maybe will be addressing their challenges in the future. Do you have any final key takeaways that you'd like to pass on before we wrap up the episode? So for me, the key takeaways are threefold. We like to talk a lot about technology, especially we as engineers and so on, being an engineer myself. So it's it, it's certainly it's about new technology, enabling new open digital business platforms and, and data to flow, and therefore enabling digital transformation on the tech level. But it's not only about technology, it's also about getting the organizations ready for tomorrow. So to see break down silos, collaboratively work together, also within a corporation and across. So organizational readiness also needs to take care and needs to take into consideration when I think about digital transformation. And most importantly, it's also about people. Each individual person need to prepare for that significant wave of change, which is coming on all of us with technology coming up very vibrantly, frequently. We have to figure out how that is impacting private and professional life and so on. We have to gain and we have to grow to a significantly different, higher level or different level on, on resilience, on resilience with respect to change. So change and impermanence of life was always there, will be always there. The magnitude in terms of speed of change is different than it was in the past decades or centuries. So we need to prepare each of us also individually to deal with that 
in a mindful manner and stay resilient no matter which change is coming on us. Thank you, Matthias, for those final remarks and really for all of the insights you shared with us today. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you have any questions about any of the topics we discussed today, or if you'd like to engage on the future of industrial operations further, please feel free to email Matthias directly. His email address is included in the show notes. And Jonas and I are always open to your comments, your thoughts, and feedback on the show or the topics. You can also find our contact information in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. If you liked what you heard today, please help us spread the word by rating the show. And if you're not already a subscriber and would like to be notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the series. Thank you for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talks.